Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. I'm your host, Sunny Chavla, and today I've got a special guest with me. Uh, we're not really talking much about cars. Uh, instead, a little bit more of a role model figure, uh, Dylan Ogline. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, thanks here. for coming on here. Thanks for actually um, getting this whole podcast set up because it's, it's something new to me. I normally just stay in my room, and uh, <laughs> I've just got my door closed with my, my parents bickering in the background, so i got to edit that out. But this always, is wearing your, always wearing your boxers. Yeah, exactly, episode, right? exactly. Okay, giving giving the, the, the listeners a little bit of background yeah, there. It's so all good. because He's I, clothed right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for you watching on YouTube, this is uh, video filmed as well. So uh, this is my first podcast that I am uh, video filming and hopefully not the last as well so uh tell me a little bit about yourself dylan i know a little bit about you but um the people that you know might be more inclined to my audience uh they they might not know much about you so go ahead sure so uh, as we were talking about before the, the before we were recording i am 32 so i'm slightly older than your than your other guests on the show yeah. um so I, uh, I think first and foremost i am the proud captain and founder one of the founding members of uh the district five hockey club we're a semi semi pro hockey club in uh in the orlando area uh me and my boy sunny we're on the uh the fourth fourth line reserves that's what we are uh professionally i am known for my uh digital marketing agency ogline digital uh we basically we focus on direct response digital marketing solutions um, I'm a Christian, uh, world traveler when I am allowed given COVID times, um, adventure seeker and a, um, starting to get into telling dad jokes. So I'm, I'm getting to that age where I'm, I'm trying to practice dabble in the, the dad joke industry. Uh-huh. So Food practice is almost yes. over now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got a few more years, hopefully. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, you, you did mention that we do play on the same hockey team, but how did you get into hockey? So, um, man, you know, I actually, I don't remember. No, no, no. I, 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 so I, one Christmas, I think my parents got me or, or somebody got me like roller skates. And I don't remember if they, they got me like a hockey stick with that or, or whatnot. But uh, I was maybe 10 or something along those lines. And uh, the house I grew up in, most of, most of my childhood was spent in uh, had uh, like a connecting driveway with the other house so it had a really big driveway so perfect for roller hockey and i'd spent many many a summer nights out until very late at night just just hitting the 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 ball up against the the garage door so uh, that's how i got into it and then uh i don't remember getting old enough to (laughs) 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 struggling here uh, I, I started playing just house house hockey, you know, like the house leagues at the, the local rink that was like 45 minutes away. Planet Ice in, in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, still can remember the way that place smells. Brings back memories. Um, yeah, so I started playing there maybe uh, a summer or two. And then uh, it was maybe like two or three seasons. And then uh, I started playing high school hockey. So that's that's how I got into it. What about you, man? Oh, yeah, it's funny that you ask because I was just thinking about it, too. Um, so I, I want to say we, we I was born in Michigan and we had a basement in our house. Um, and, you know, that's perfect case scenario for a hockey kid to be uh, raised up in. My dad moved here, uh, I want to say, in like 82 or 83 from like India. And the first sport that he almost picked up was was hockey. He started watching the Red Wings. And from there, you know, especially through their slumps as well as through you know them holding up the Stanley Cups, uh, he really got intrigued with the sport. Ended up learning a little bit of it, and uh, he ended up playing goalie in high school. 
uh, high school and college. Excuse me. Wow. Where 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 at? Um, it was. I have no idea. I, I know he played in high school, and it was just like floor hockey. It wasn't anything like ice. But um, I want to say even the University of Michigan, he was also uh, like for part of that like co. Um, what's the word? Intramural uh, sports. Hockey team, yeah. So you'll have to fact check me on that, but I know that's how he started it. And from there, you know, I get born and he that's the first sport he teaches me. Um, I used to play basketball, football, all that stuff, but hockey's really what appealed to me. Um, we used to have these pillars in the basement. I would use that to like kind of stick handle around. You know, being three or four, I didn't really know what I was doing, but it, it kind of appealed to me. And we moved down here. Uh, that's when my parents got me my first pair of roller skates. Uh, my dad got a couple goals off of Craigslist, a couple sticks, and we still have a lot of those sticks even now. And uh, from there, we started uh, with a diagonal, like so that we had a street, uh, like this normal neighborhood street, and we'd taken the empty house uh, basically diagonal from us, and we'd place the goals diagonally. And uh, we'd, we'd play like that. I had actually started with just me and him, and a couple of the other kids that were younger at the time, they were like, you know, yo, we kind of want to play. My dad ended up basically starting this like neighborhood cult of hockey. Um, and it, yeah, exactly. And there's actually a kicker to that though. So one day, because we used to play with the goals in the middle of the streets and it would take five seconds for us to skate back in, take the goal, move it to the side, let the cars pass. So this lady, she had, I guess, a problem with waiting five seconds, old, you know, 76 year old Karen, exactly. And uh, she lived about 14 houses down from us. So she, she saw us play but she wasn't happy with how we played. So uh, she just yelled at my dad and was like, you know, you shouldn't be having these goals in the middle of the road. You know, you need to find a different way to do it or find a different place to do it. She actually drove her car into our goal, went home, called the cops and said that we threw the goal at her while she was complaining. So the cop came, he was really sympathetic about it. Um, he was like, you know, I, I know none of you guys would be doing something like that, but unfortunately with the our neighborhood HOA stepping in, they were like, no, sir, um, you know, we, we can't have you be playing on the on the basketball courts, on the tennis courts, which was unfortunate. After that, everything got disbanded. A lot of the kids just started doing their own thing. And you know how high school and, and like middle school kids are now. Uh, just we my dad had a good thing going, but um, basically just kind of taking off from that tangent there. I started to build up on roller hockey a little bit more uh, when I was not studying. <laughs> I was out uh, on the driveway, even in the pouring rain. I remember playing during. Irma before it like hit us hard. Uh, I was in a thunderstorm just playing hockey, shooting uh, shooting my hockey balls. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I moved up here to go to UCF and lo and behold, I started ice with Aiden when I met him. So that, that's a whole that's a whole nother story of how I met Aiden and, and how we ended up playing hockey together. But it was, uh, it was it, everything just kind of fell in place. So now I'm basically uh, one point above you on the- uh, Oh, on wow. The <laughs> <laughs> For the record. I'm a defenseman. Uh -huh. I'm a defenseman, and and you're. Yeah, for the record, I'm still 12 years younger than you, and have so much less experience. <laughs> Last time I heard, I think I I was listening to a little bit of a podcast that you were on, and I think I read or heard that you wanted to go to, or you wanted to like get a college scholarship for hockey. So so yeah, I grew up in a a pretty poor town, um, pretty poor town, and. Uh, pretty much like you, you it's beat into you it, it's much different than in the city like wow. here just like of course you're going to college right mm -hmm. like where i'm from it was uh just it was beat into you like if you ever want to become anything more than a farmer which nothing wrong with being a farmer but like if you ever want to do anything with your life you have to go uh to to college and basically 
which looking back, like this isn't necessarily the truth, but it's just beat into you so much that if your parents can't pay for it, you got to get a scholarship or like, you know, good luck farming. Like that's pretty much all, all you can do. Uh, so I picked up hockey and I was terrible, but I, I saw, I was like, hmm, if, like if I really push this and like, th like this is my ticket out is I knew I wasn't going to be going pro by all means. I knew I wasn't going to be going to Michigan and getting some scholarship, but some like clunky, you know, half off scholarship from some junky school. Like maybe that was something I could obtain. And uh, obviously I ended up dropping out of high school. So <laughs> I kind of like, didn't do that. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was kind of the, that was for a while. That was probably two or three years when I was 12 to 12, 12, 14, 11 to 14. That was like, my, my thought process was this is my this is my ticket out somehow yeah because I, I know especially like being brought up in a uh, in a south asian community as well and with south asian parents it's also beat into you um you know regardless of what what the setting is like that you know you have to go to college you have to be you know that typical joke doctor lawyer engineer mm -hmm. so you know that was also beat into me uh, mechanical engineering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you fit the mold. You fit yeah, the mold. Exactly. I was just thinking, having second thoughts about maybe dropping to business. Not actually, but engineering school has been been a toughie so far. Yeah, exactly. Just every every morning being up till four studying all that stuff. It's it's just not a fun time. But um, I, I I'm glad I get time to you know play hockey, be able to do stuff like this, even podcasts and stuff, because that's what gets my mind away from it, to be honest. But if you so you mentioned you did drop out. I think you dropped out from high school. Yep. Yep. 10th, 10th grade. So would you ever want to go to college just for, you know, shits and giggles or, well, right now I actually do attend Valencia. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know if it was you or Aiden that I talked to uh, about this, but, um, yeah, so I'm always, I mean, you've been to my house, uh, books, tons of books in my office. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always reading, always taking, always trying to learn. I try to take like a half hour to 45 minutes every day, put, put towards some kind of education. Uh, it can be books, it can be uh, training courses and things like that. So uh, one thing that I started to get into probably like a year prior to COVID was like I was going to in-person masterminds, like big groups for businesses and stuff. Uh, when I say big, I mean like just ridiculously expensive groups, uh, but they were just transformative, transformative stuff. And I, you know, COVID happens, so like you're not doing the in-person stuff still doing like online courses and, and whatnot just you know stuff you can sign up for and uh I was like, it was always like in the back of my mind i was like i, I wonder what this like whole college thing is like so uh I'm, i think i think i just finished my first class i don't know if we're, i don't know if we're done the online I, going into it has, has really shocked me just how bad the online education with college is yeah. like i was blown away there's been multiple times where uh you know, I go to take like the test or whatever and, you know, I finish and they're like, well, you got three answers wrong. And I'm like, whoa, what? So I start, you know, I look back and, and the test is wrong. So then I have to message into the professor and I don't even know how I'm messaging them because the, the, the interface is so bad. Uh, and I'm like, yo, your test is wrong. And they're like, oh yeah, let me correct that or whatever. Like I'm, I'm highly competitive. I'm uh -huh. sure as you know, so it really bothers me if I miss one question. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that, that whole industry is definitely ripe for, for innovation. It is just so shockingly bad how yeah. uh, unorganized and, uh, you know, the professor is great I mean, she's awesome, but, uh, I don't know if, I, mean, I presume most of your classes are probably in person, but 
yeah, online is just like, wow, like how did you guys make this so bad? <laughs> Ironically enough, I'm actually taking two classes uh, next semester online. I prefer the online environment just for the sake that I can do everything at my own time, yeah, especially exactly. with especially with the semester that's kicked my ass. I feel like I, I owe myself a little bit of more of like a, a slower semester. So everything is basically due for our online classes at the end of like the last day of the semester. Mm -hmm. So May something, May 15th or whatever, everything is due. So I can just wait until May 10th, do everything within those five days if I wanted to. Yeah. But it's just like even transitioning from COVID um, when, when I had basically was it a, a semester and a half almost of in-person classes and in-person college experience um it, the chat transition was rough and then everything started smoothening out and the transition back was even worse so that's i think why i'm struggling now and it's mostly just kind of like a lack of motivation because in online school for me at least it was just do the do the busy work take the test use Chegg if you need to call it a day um and for, for me, it's it's something that was like very easy, but then now actually going back and being able to do the work, that's where it's a little bit tougher. So um, just with that with that in hand, I can I can understand like a lot of the professors too. They reuse material, so the tests that you might be taking might be outdated, or like even some of the professors that I'm taking right now, they have like a copyright at the bottom of their test that says like copyright 2016 professor's name. So I'm like, you know, this is all like, although it's the same curriculum, especially with like engineering, there's nothing that, that changes much. It's still crazy how they don't change any of their teaching style. And to me, like for someone, if you were to tell a high school kid, for example, who's either looking to drop out and start a business or something, or looking at someone who's trying to go to college, that's a big, you know, disadvantage to college is that it's one big formality. It's really tough. And, and you ex like experiencing both ends, basically, I want to hear what you think about, about like, if you were to tell a kid, which way you should go about going to college or not. Yeah. It depends on what you want to do with your life. Uh, let's say they wanted to go to business school. Cause I have a lot of friends who've been on the fence of dropping out and using that money that they pay with like pay for college. And it's a very like subjective question. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but especially you owning your own business, you know, how, how would you direct someone like that? So if you are going to be, uh, starting your own business, I'd probably would drop out. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're going to go work into the workforce, I mean, now you, you have to have that degree, right? You, you, you gotta have it. Um, yeah, I think the, the, there's no substitute for experience. I, I look at myself and this is actually why I dropped out of high school was, uh, it actually comes back to hockey. Oh, so this, really? this is kind of, this is kind of a good story. So I remember I was watching. So like the only ticket out was, was this whole, you know, had to get a scholarship, right? And I remember watching, uh, I started to like, not volunteer, but I wasn't on the varsity team, but I would go with the varsity team and like, you know, bring their water bottles out. And um, yeah, I was their <laughs> bitch. Uh, and like, two, you know, two or three of the, the freshmen or whatever would volunteer to, to do that. And, you know, it was, you know, mentorship or whatever. And I remember being at this one game for, uh, I think it was Mars High School. That's, that's, it's, the town is called Mars in, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, I remember watching this varsity team and I'm like, holy shit. Like I, I remember where I was standing. I remember watching them. Like, I don't remember though if it was Mars, but I remember just watching them and they were just so much better than me. And I was like, dude, like, come on. Like you don't stand a chance. And looking back as an athlete now, I'm like, 
I definitely stood a chance. Uh-huh. I could have gotten a lot better. I could have worked out. I could have gotten better. But uh, at the same time, I was starting to pick up business books. I had just finished reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is like my, uh, my business Bible. Uh, totally changed my life. At the time, I was also dating a girl who her dad was um, like one of the most prominent business people in the community. Uh, so I had like all this influence in the business world. And I, I was thinking like, oh, I can go to college and get a business degree and then go into the business world or whatever. And I watching this hockey game and like all this stuff is going on in my life. And I kind of had this realization of the commonality between all these really good players versus me is that they started way sooner. Like there, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, that guy, Colin Eddy, who I, I went to high school with. He eventually, I don't think he was drafted into the NHL, but he was signed by the Flyers. Uh, he never played, I don't think. Uh, but he was just ridiculously good uh, player. I think he, he played for the Phantoms in the AHL, I yeah. think. And then he went over to England or something. Uh, and then he retired there. But, um, but, but either way, he started playing when he was like four. I started playing when I was like 11, 12. Yeah. And at that age, that is a world of difference. So, and I had always like been thinking about that. So I'm watching this team play. I'm reading these business books. Like I knew time mattered. And I was like, what if I were to switch and get into that whole business thing now? Mm-hmm. Somehow. I didn't know what that meant. Didn't know where it would go or anything. But uh, it was like, if I get into it now, when all these guys are, you know, graduating college, I'll be like 10 years ahead of them. So I'm 32 now. I've been I've owned my own business since I was 14. So I have like what, what is, I don't even know the math. 18 years of experience, and I'm 32. You know, most people who are graduating college with an MBA. You know, they might have seven years of experience mm-hmm. at this point. So uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. But <laughs> for me, that's that's why I made the decision to to drop out of high school was to get get that early start. So. I think going back to your question of, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be starting your own business or something like that, I definitely think, you know, that's, you know, you're going to have a lot of people who tell you don't do it. Just make the jump and, and go and get actual real life experience. You're going to make a shit ton of mistakes. You're going to fall on your face many, many times. You're going to question yourself over and over and over and over again. But there's no substitute for real, 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 real wow, real world experience. Uh, there's, there's, there's no substitute for that. Yeah, I've, I've actually experienced a little bit of that. I don't have like any set business, but with my, my photography brand, Travel Media, um, I've had to deal with a lot of clientele and I've had to kind of budget them and not having much exposure kind of sucks, but it is a startup business to begin with. I told myself earlier this week, I was, I said, if for some, like if, somehow if my photography took off and I was making like a proper, you know, income or something like that, bye bye engineering school. Cause photography, I guess is just something that I actually enjoy compared to, you know, getting destroyed by classes. But going back to the point here, it's with, with all these businesses, there's so many like things that can deter someone from doing it. Like just for me, uh, for example, I started, I think the first two weeks that I started, I wasn't getting any clientele. I was doing shoots for free just for, just to get some portfolio in. And it like, it really brought me down. Cause I, I was saying, you know, this work that I do, I feel like it's worth some money. It's not, you know, for free. 
and you know something either whether it's a like a photography business where you kind of need some sort of basis or whether it's something like i think i i heard you start with um selling cell phones on ebay when yeah. i was 14 yeah, yeah when you're 14, so different realms but at the end of the day they have like the same sort of message the same kind of uh uh story behind it really and, and the same uh, outcome as well so i would mention one thing so you uh say which i don't know if necessarily photography is the business you want to get into right so and i'm going to compare this kind of like the online courses industry versus college mm-hmm. i think something that has been incredibly powerful for me is i am in mastermind groups i am in education groups uh, training programs with other agency owners who are way ahead of me and i can use that as a reference point so if you are in college for business let's just say but your passion's photography and you're like why the hell am i going to business school when i can just go do my photography thing right you know yeah i probably recommend dropout which is a big life decision you know disclaimer disclaimer you know <laughs> think that through uh, don't just jump you idiot uh but i would find um you know, in your case, you were talking about like getting discouraged and whatnot. I would find uh, a training program or a group, and you have to pay for the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Pay a thousand, pay two thousand dollars to be in one of these groups, training programs that teach you how to start a successful photography business. Let's just say that's what you wanted to do, right? The most powerful element is not like the the cookie cutter approaches and like the tactics for pricing or how to do an invoice or shit like that, right? The most powerful element by far is that then you have a reference point. So if you want to make $100,000 a year as a photographer and you're doing free shoots to build your portfolio, you're going to very quickly get discouraged. But if you're in a group with 50 other people who are all making $100,000 a year in their photography business and they're like, yep, yeah, you just got to go through that. You're not even, you're just gonna be like, oh, this is just part of the process, right? So I, th- I think if you, if you are, you're thinking about dropping out or, or, or whatever, even if you're 50 and you're listening to this and you want to start your own business, I think one of the most powerful things you can do is uh, find a group, find a training program, something like that, where you are going to be hanging out and associated with people who are ahead of where you want to be. I think that, is, that has been mission critical for me, absolutely transformative, and I highly recommend that to everybody. And basically given, you know, like if I could go back, I would do this. Is there anything that you would have done differently, whether it was start hockey at a younger age or, or start your, your phone selling business at a younger age or anything like that? Uh, I try not to uh, think in terms of that. I, I try not to look. There's no such thing as mistakes. There's only lessons. I'm framing that. <laughs> uh yeah so i i really try i don't i always try to watch my mindset that has been a big shift for me over the past five years is like i am constantly watching what's going on up there right like like consciously thinking about what am i what am i thinking about uh and and i i see a lot of people especially as i get older (laughs) uh people who um look back with regrets or think I should have done this different or I should have bought Tesla and was 50 cents or I should have bought some Bitcoin or shit like that. Right. I don't, that is extremely destructive thought process. So I know this is 
not necessarily answering your question, but but I tr I try not to to really even think back uh, in terms of what would I do differently because uh, I um, definitely believe that uh, the things at the time that you thought like how the hell am I in this mess or uh, I mean I I once at one point I had like a million dollars in debt I mean it was I've gone through shit right and if I were to look back and be like, oh, you know, like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have made that mistake and that mistake, which would have put me in that situation. I don't know. Am I a better person because I went through that stuff? Probably. And I would rather go through that mindset and think I'm a better person or I learned or, or whatever because of those mistakes than think I wish I would have done it differently. So that was my roundabout answer to your yeah. question. Uh, that, that's really powerful because, you know, for me, like I've had to go through, I was, I think, 18, 19 got my first credit card and I was like, Ooh, credit limit 2100. That means I can spend $2,100. Was I wrong about that? So I ended up like last year, I, I made that decision on buying uh, the camera that I've got $1,700 camera and you know, not the smartest of decisions, but it paid off. And you know, if I were to think to myself, like, should I would have done something differently? I would have bought a cheaper camera, something like that. You know, God knows where I would have been today with with my business, with even something as, as big as this podcast, because I know, especially with like media creation and everything, that's what kind of influenced me to to get on here. So, um, you know, if you didn't do anything differently than uh, like you basically how you are right now, then you wouldn't be able to take these vacations, these trips that, you know, I'd see you on. Like you take so many, I text you and, and apologize, you know, saying that you're at the no North Pole or some shit like that. So do you do these for work or is it just for for like fun? What are the like the main aims for your vacations? Because I know like with my family, for example, uh, they just try to get some bonding time out of it. So they're like, let's shut the practice down for two weeks. Let's just go have fun, go see some like, I don't know, the Eiffel Tower or something like that. Are there a certain aim to your vacations? Is it for like Instagram clout for, you know, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Uh, so first, I don't think of them as in terms of vacations. Uh, I think that's, um, have you ever read the book Vagabonding by, Ra you know what it is? I do not. Okay, Vagabonding by Ralph, pa if you just typed in Vagabonding, you'll, fi you'll find it. Short read, fantastic. Talks about like basically just going through the world, always exploring, right? That really inspired me to just travel. So I, I just love to travel to just explore the world. I, I, I think it's out there to be explored like that's what it's there for uh the four-hour work week was also a huge huge impact on my life like have you read that no Sonny. yeah I'm, I'm not a big reader uh oh, gotta, gotta read rich dad poor dad the four-hour work week and vagabonding gotta read those books uh but but anyways it basically just talks about um instead of working your life away for these vacations you know for two weeks a year or you know retiring at the age of 65 or whatever so you can see the world why not just take those breaks throughout your life and believe it or not it might make you actually a little bit better at what you do so that really inspired me to travel and uh so why why do i do it um one i just i like to i like to travel i like to get out into the world experience culture uh there's nothing more fascinating to me than that uh it also i it gets you away from the day-to-day -day and allows you to think. Uh, the biggest shifts that I have made with my business, uh, my professional, even, even personal life stuff, the biggest shifts in my life have been a result of thoughts I've had on a trip. So, uh, you know, if I'm 
climbing a mountain or something, you know, I got seven hours, baby, where I'm disconnected from the world and I can have those deep thoughts. I can read uninterrupted, things like that. And, and also just, just getting out of your, your comfort zone. It's all, it's all just about making me a better person. So that would be that would be my my reason for for doing it. And with vacations or not, like you said, not to call them that, but just like your your bonding time with yourself. We'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Um, it, it starts to bring a little bit more motivation. I know for me, like for my birthday, I went out to um, uh, to Satellite Beach and actually took some uh, photography of, of my surfer friends, and that completely inspired me to to just start a new like a whole new realm of photography. But um, just going back to this. There's a lot of motivation that comes along with whether you're a business owner, whether, you know, to really get you through the daily rut of life. Um, for me, uh, like owning and being around cars were my motivation to move forward in life and actually like wake up and get out of bed every day, even now. Mm -hmm. So what were your motivations growing up apart from like, or what was it really just like, you know, you had that whole force that you had to be something from your hometown or was it something bigger than that? Uh, so like with my, like, say 18 and older stuff like that yeah heat <laughs> heat no 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 joke fucking heat uh so, so i grew up in pennsylvania rural pennsylvania and an older house and uh with a, just a shitty ass heating system no insulation just a cold house and uh that just really like it's so stupid man but just growing up like i just froze my ass off and when i i didn't want to be poor i didn't want to be i wanted to be able to turn the heat on whenever i wanted to and not uh i wanted to be able to eat whenever i wanted to it wasn't i didn't want a rolex i didn't want to have some ferrari i just wanted to be comfortable and and not you know questioning where the next meal is coming from and, and stuff like that that has always uh always driven me to uh to get out of bed every morning now it's it's kind of reached the point where oh, i mean i can turn the heat on when i want <laughs> i can eat what i want when i want uh now it's it's more along the lines of thinking about bigger picture stuff i still haven't clearly defined that uh but uh, the education, uh, I also own an education company. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a big focus for the next five to 10 years, maybe, uh, public service. I sometimes want to get into, uh, but to, to answer your question, when I started, it was just fucking heat. And now it's kind of like thinking about the bigger picture stuff and being a role model of mine, you basically like, to me, you've made it. You have a beautiful house. Of course, <laughs> you're in a great financial position in my eyes. You get to play hockey at your discretion, you know, et cetera. So what gets you, uh, I already said, or you already said to me, like, what gets you out of bed every day? But I feel that I would be lazy as hell when I reach my goals. Like if I, uh, like we were talking about on the way here, if I were to achieve that goal of buying myself that BMW, I would start, you know, not having to, to grind my day out, wake up at 7 a.m., go to the gym, stuff like that. I would feel like, all right, you know, I deserve some some lazy time. How do you get yourself motivated? Is it just the those like extra five to ten years of uh, um, a vision that you have, or is it something bigger than that 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 might motivate you? Although you've, like I said, in my eyes, made it. Uh, so I would probably, uh, man, this is a this is a big one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, this is like getting into some really deep stuff here. Yeah, because I think because I think the biggest reason I, I wrote down this question to ask you is because uh, just kind of like from a personal standpoint, I've always lacked motivation whenever you know I'm in a long chase for something. So taking it from you, who you know I've seen you go from the, well, I haven't seen you go from the ground up, but I've heard that you've come from the ground and worked your own way. Um, it, it's it's a very inspiring story, and that's what I guess I could say like motivates me. Uh, so I would say two things. One is uh, obligation. I feel uh, I always look at everything going on in my life with with gratitude. I'm very thankful for the mistakes I've made, for how far I've come, the, my health, you know, everything. I'm always grateful for everything. I almost feel this obligation to look how fucking lucky you are dude and and i think so many people need to like look in the mirror like people get down and they're like depressed about life and stuff like that we, depression's real by all means uh but i i feel it's just like this really deep sense of obligation of like look how fucking lucky you are dude like get your ass out of bed and and go try to move the world just a little bit forward today like they, that's all you're ever going to do but just try to leave the world a little bit better today than what you found it. And, and I think like that's kind of almost the purpose of life, in my opinion, is to just move the needle a little bit forward and leave it a little bit better than what, than what, you, what you found it. Um, so, so, yeah, obligation and, and just great. You know, it's, it's almost my way of saying thank you for, to God, to the universe, whatever, for uh, everything I've been given. The, the second is standards. I think that's that's a really big shift that happened for me. Um, you you were not the best version of yourself that you imagine. You were rather the lowest version of yourself that you will accept. The truth is is that you will do absolutely nothing to achieve your dreams but you will fight to the death to not breach your standards. So if you have dreams or goals or whatever, you just simply must make them your undeniable, unrefutable standard. And I constantly am beating those standards into myself. Like, is this, is this your standard? Like, is this, you know, if I, if I get a little lazier, I do something lazy or whatever. I'm like, is this really what you want to do? Is this your standard? You're like, aren't you better than this? So I'm constantly, constantly doing that. That makes sense why if, if you mess up on a play, you come out of the bench, you end up scoring a goal. <laughs> so I, now, now I see what goes through your head. Yeah. But no, it, that's, that's an insane like mentality in a good way, of course, because I, I know like for someone like me, I've, I've been given it all for my parents. I've you know, I'm blessed enough to have uh, have a big house and not have to deal with like roommates as bad as it is with, you know, the lack of college experience. I'm blessed enough to, to have them be able to cover me financially, cover me with food anytime I want it as well. And those are the things that I don't count in everyday life. I wake up and I say, damn, I don't have this in my life. I need to work for it. Instead, I should be you know, a little bit more thankful. And especially with someone who's had a positive mentality, having that um, that drive to leave the world you know, a better place than, than it you, you've like seen it as that that's a huge moving point for, I, I would say me as well as any other college kid, older folk, any, anybody really that 
that is kind of lacking motivation. So it's, it's something, it's a big idea there. Yeah. Just constantly re- remind yourself. I think it was, um, uh, what's, what's his name? Gary. Do you watch Gary V at all? No. <sighs> I, I, I watch him very, very little, but I, I saw one of his videos in the last year or something. And he's, he goes on talking something similar to this. And he's like, do you realize like, if you're listening to this, like you're a human, you know, in 2020, 2021, like you have it so fucking easy. Like, how are you not motivated to get up and go? I mean, you're not going to change the world maybe, but like, how are you not motivated to like, how are you not excited about fucking life? Like get up and like, go, go do some shit with your life. And, uh, what's his, you know, if you're in the United States, like you could be in the poorest state, Mississippi, and you are still wealthier than like 95% of humans. Like, what the fuck are you complaining for? Like, get up, you know, go make a difference. Go do something with your life. And I, 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 you just have to have that energy, man. And at the, at the end of the day, like, I just fucking love to live. I fucking love life. I love living. And, uh, yeah, that just gets me up every morning. And I'm like, boom, baby, let's go, let's go live today because you might be your last one. So make it fucking count and do some shit and just move it a little bit forward, baby. 1% better today and, and just, just fucking live and be happy. Living makes you erect, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did we record that part? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure we did, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you mentioned that you don't, uh, you didn't mind talking about your knowledge or lack thereof of cars, um, and putting it really in a basic bare bones conversation. Did you ever have any dream cars growing up? I know you said that you know you just wanted heat, you didn't want a Ferrari, you didn't want a Rolex. But were there any you know cars or anything that that um, you know you wanted to say like I wish I had this, or do you have a certain car that you want to own in your lifetime? I'm probably going to disappoint the your your listener your car car enthusiast car listeners. Um, for a time period, I wanted a uh, an, an R8, uh, probably one Iron Man. Yeah, I was about to say Robert Downey. Yeah. <laughs> seeing seeing Iron Man uh, probably inspired me to get an R8 for a while. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, growing up, I don't think there was anything in particular uh, that really uh, that I really wanted. Probably, but uh, you know what? No, I wanted. Uh, it's it's funny. I I remember uh, the, the girlfriend that I that I mentioned in high school. Her stepdad got a BMW 3 Series, and at the time, I was like a BMW yeah. like. You gotta cut, remember where I'm from, like a BMW, like, wow. And, and I was just like, dude, if I could ever, if I get a, I, I will know I have made it if I could get that car. Uh, so I wanted that for a while. And then, um, I remember a different girlfriend, current girlfriend went to, we were, we went to Virginia beach, I think it was. And we were walking on the boardwalk and, and Nissan had like a, like a promotional setup or something. And they had the new Nissan, Nissan Maxima. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, if I ever get that car, I will know I have made it. 
Like a year and a half later, I was driving that car, and I didn't feel like I had made it. <laughs> so, but I I love that Maxima. It was a really good car. Uh, so so yeah. No, I mean there was there was a few cars that just, but it was never anything you know audacious. Uh, now, it's weird, man. Like I, outside of like a Bugatti or something. I mean, there's there's pretty much not a car that I couldn't just go buy. I don't really want it. I don't really have any desire in that. Um, I kind of, I mean, I could go into a really deep conversation about this. I almost feel like kind of embarrassed about the car that I drive. Like it's too good. Uh, I I don't like to be flashy at all. Uh, I wear mostly black or dark colors. Uh, That's why you chose orange jerseys. (laughs) That was, that was not my choice. Actually, that was, that was the, the Jersey manufacturer. They, that was their standard <laughs> District 5 jersey. Uh, but no, it, I don't like to be flashy or anything like that. So uh, like when I got the car I have now, I my brother's in the car industry, which is weird. My, my father used to own a used car dealership. So my brother's really big into cars. Me, I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't know how to change my oil. Oh. Uh, so... Um, so yeah, when, when I got this car, I was just like, I texted my brother and I was like, I don't need a truck anymore. Uh, a sedan will work. I want good and high quality stuff. Don't want fancy. Safety matters. What do you recommend? And bought an 85 Sportback. And do you see yourself replacing that car anytime soon? Although you said, you know, it's, you almost feel like embarrassed in a, in a good way driving it. Uh, so you see, I feel like I'm embarrassed that it's too flashy. Uh, like I specifically didn't want the S5. Uh, I was like, no, no, no. Um, so yeah, I, I almost feel like it's too flashy, but it's really high quality. It's really good, um, runs great and everything. Uh, I think my next car will probably be, I, I toss back and forth between wanting to go fully electric. Uh, I do like that the new Grand Cherokee, they have the plug-in electric, the plug-in electric hybrid, PHEV. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like that, uh, and, and I think, um, yeah, I think the next car will probably be a plug-in plug-in hybrid i don't think i'm ready to go fully electric yeah i I don't blame you either i was just having a conversation with uh my mom's family friend up in india and and in india the the car like the car scenario is very different than what it is here in the u.s um and their big wave is tesla they're like you know we've never seen something like this before and especially with you going into the car industry you have to start working on electric cars so i started doing a little bit of studying up on tesla and for me like if you take a look at, for example, the, the gas crisis or the oil crisis way back before my time, almost right before your time, unless, you know, I don't know how, yeah, I guess maybe 32, you'd probably uh, hit the near end of that. But um, there was a huge shift from those big throaty, like fast muscle cars, and then they all had to kind of neuter them down. And the same thing I feel like is going to go on here with, with electric cars. You know, it's especially you being in a position to afford one, it's kind of grazed your mind that, okay, this could be an option. But for me, like someone who's a very big enthusiast of gas powered cars, I feel like it's going to take another 20, 30 years to, to if we're going to actually get into cars here. Oh, yeah. I greatly disagree with that one. Really? Yes. I, I definitely think, uh, I'm very liberal, uh, as, as you probably picked up, uh, barely. 
really? <laughs> I mean, the Bernie sticker on on my um, on my gun. You, you calling that that garage the Moderna <laughs> garage over the Madeira? <laughs> I actually think that is the name. It's Madeira, M-O-D-E-R-A. You know what? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Go to co go to college, kids. It's <laughs> a big boy word for me. Yes, dropouts can't pronounce that stuff. Uh, so so yeah, I, you know, climate change is a serious issue, uh, and I, I I do like. Uh, yeah, man, I th I think we kind we have to move to electric. I think we ha we have to move to electric as fast as possible. Um, you know, we could get into you know the controversy of how electricity is generated and and, and stuff like that. But in in the context of cars, I I have no doubt that. By 2030, the vast majority of vehicle production will be will be electric. Uh, even even if gas is you know, right now gas is up, uh, from my understanding, because of OPEC just being assholes and, and trying to recoup their money from from the drop when oil went below zero. I mean, you remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to recoup their money, and uh, they got high rises to pay for in, in, in Dubai. Yeah, and uh, which is respectable. It's a business. Hey, we you know we, we believe in the free market here, and that's how gas prices are determined. Uh, but but either way, if gas drops down to a dollar, I, I think that might slow it. Certainly, you know I think people are going to be like, why the hell would I go with this electric thing when it cost me ten bucks to fill up my my gas guzzling F three fifty and stuff like that. But I, I just think overall, uh, I think we're definitely going to be moving more more towards the electric, and I think it's undeniably it's better for the planet and i 100 percent agree i'm not saying that for example that like we need to have gas powered cars in our lives because let's be honest the world keeps changing where we started in 1920 or 1930 with basically a wheelbarrow with bigger wheels you know it's come a, it's come a very long way and for me though it's it's the fact that with um you take like th the example that i gave you earlier you have electric cars it's going to take it's going to take a while for it to transition i know even the car that you're driving there's already an electric variant for it and audi's pledged by 2024 or 5 that they're going fully electric and even in california they are like basically mandating that gas powered cars will not be allowed for sale and eventually probably just in general yeah. now you, you'll probably have some people that are going to sash them away for 30 years and next thing you know three generations down you got a kid ripping down in a 2020 S or a5 or s5 and you're gonna say you know where the fuck did that come from mm -hmm. but at the same time i i think it's just gonna be like it's it's definitely gonna be a huge transition over it it's very important it it's even a renewable source technically if you want to call it that that electric vehicles you just plug it in and that's it and my dad was actually thinking about getting a tesla model x and i told him fuck no and he's like why I said, well, first of all, we don't have solar panels on our on our house just for electricity there. It's only for the pool. So I said, you're going to rack up, you know, electricity bills and you already bitch at me for keeping my computer plugged in every day. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear you bitch about that. And on top of that, it's just like I've seen the credibility of Tesla's and other electric vehicles, fully quality. electric ones. The quality, quality control is, is a big issue. Oh, no. It's, for, for, if for, for some of them, they are like, for example, Volvo. But for Tesla's there's a lack of quality yeah, body panels yeah. there's you know it, it's you, they're really cool they are the, the falcon doors are, are crazy yeah. you know it's even the model three dude it's a cool uh, little I'm, car I'm, I'm, one of my best friends has them i did a photo shoot for it it's, it's, it's a great car the album covers yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but at the same time it's it's something that will take time though to go into when we first got computers there it was 
something that's probably the size of this. It was much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but just in general with with parts there's a huge like it's like an exponential increase in numbers not getting into too much math here but you, you start out at one point and if you decide okay i want to take this route for my electric car you're going to go over and it's gonna you're going to take a risk and you take that risk and either it works or it doesn't autonomous driving for example mm-hmm. elon musk did that and he took a risk and it paid off the porsches casualties every now and again with with tesla paying off they run out of electricity you know unknowingly even you take your phone for example there's there's like battery shortages that happen and you take a look at the like battery health app on your phone Mm -hmm. it slowly decreases decreases. so that really raises up like the reliability of your trip if you have a car for i don't know 10 years let's say like a bmw bmws are known for if you have issues to where it's like four or five year marks of ownership and if Tesla's end up getting that same issue with, with the battery recharging and you have to having to spend extra money to get a new battery, you know, it doesn't pay itself off at, at cheaper prices. Well, I don't think that there's necessarily a cost issue. Mm-hmm. But also, that's one thing I, you know, I hear a lot of feedback from people who are like, they're so expensive and stuff. And they are right now. Mm-hmm. Electric vehicles are definitely more expensive. But if it's just like any new technology, like when your, when your iPhone the rich had them, mm-hmm. right? Because they, that's how you, if you want to come up with a new technology, you don't go to the, the cheap market. You go to the high-end market. So like they started with the Model S. Well, everybody knows. Uh, the, the Roadster. The Roadster. But that was like very, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then they went with the Model S, which, I mean, I think when that first came out, that was still like 60, 70 grand. Yep. It, it was expensive back then. And it's still a very expensive car. But they didn't go with the $30,000 car Mm-hmm. So it will take time, I think, especially with like Ford's earnings are heavy and stuff like that. I think given, you know, give another five to ten years and everybody's going to have an electric car. Just like everybody has an iPhone or a smartphone now. Mm-hmm. Like you go back 15 years, only the rich had one. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that, um, you know, the reliability and stuff like that, like the first iPhone was shit. <laughs> like it was junk. Right? Uh-huh. But it, was, it was cool and it was different. The first roadster was shit. Mm-hmm. It was junk. Disgust. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like giving I had a, a PowerPoint project on that car. Back really? Middle school. It was and on a Lotus frame. Yep, yep. And Lotus cars are great. They had Toyota engines, you know, once again. But it, it was so, yeah, it's so weird. It's like taking, like, it's like trying to make a cat out of a dog. You, you can't really do that. Yeah. So, it, yeah. They couldn't. I think it was they couldn't afford the manufacturing to make their own frames, so yeah. they had to. And, and that's the problem with a lot of companies, whether you look in the automotive industry, whether you look in, in even, like, engineering industry. A lot of people who are just starting out, they don't have the funds or they don't have the abilities to take something, make it their own, and make it how they want to. So you have to outsource, and then from there you have to start, like, really settling, and then you get a bad reputation yeah. because – Exactly, and that's something I've even seen with like photography, for example. I only have two lenses because that's how much I can afford, and they're a very different range of lenses, but I try to make it work, and somehow it works. So it's a very hit or miss thing, but just like you said, I think electric cars, especially if you're investing in them now, you're not worried about the reliability. If you're able to afford something like that, you know, you're not going to say, oh shit, in five years I'm going to need a new battery. You're thinking, well, 
Elon, get this fucking software updated so I can enjoy my autonomous driving and hop in the backseat with my wife. You know, so something like that. So very, very vast topic. I've actually talked about this before and I've gotten so many different stances. So for, for you who, who says that you don't have much knowledge on, on cars, that's it's a big uh, like remark from me to say you know, that, that you really completed the question there. <laughs> and lastly, what advice would you give, I don't know, a 20 year old broke college student that's struggling to motivate themselves <laughs> to go through uh, the everyday rut? Well, what should they do to make, the, make it through at least the next 24 hours and, and beyond? Well, the next 24 hours, man, then when you're putting like some real pressure on me, uh, I, I think we talked about the standards. Uh, I, I think that is, I, I can't, uh, yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to change your standards. You, you know, you're never going to reach your goals, but you'll fight to the death to not breach your standards. So I think change your standards. That will really, that will really help. Uh, always think of, uh, you know, I like to say, I, I, I gave, I gave a, a speech once where I talked about, uh, you will never achieve your goals. Never. You suck. You're never going to achieve your goals. Uh, and that's because the person you are now is not deserving of them. You must become a different version of yourself if you, if you want to achieve your goals. So I think, um, you know, always think of your, for somebody who's really struggling, uh, I've dealt with depressed people before I've battled depression and, and lack of motivation at times, certainly. And thinking in terms of like, well, this is just who I am or whatever. That's a very destructive thought process. So changing it to be, uh, I'm going, I'm becoming a better version of myself. I'm changing, changing myself to be a better version is, is a, is a good, good place to start and change your standards. The last thing, and, and, and I think this is absolutely critical, is you are the average of the five people that you most closely associate with. You've heard that before, right? Yes, that is absolutely true. And kind of a cheat code that I've figured out is you don't even actually have to hang out with those people. They could be people on podcasts. You know, I am very closely associated with, with Tim Ferriss. I've never met the guy, right? But I read his books, I listen to his content because he is the type of person that I, you know, there are there are attributes that he has that I want to emulate. So I read his content and, and things like that. So I, I associate myself with him a lot. Uh, these people don't even have to be alive. They can be dead and you could be reading their biography, you can be reading their books and things like that. I can't think of uh, um, FDRs. I don't think I've read anything from him, Lincoln, stuff like that. Like, you know, books that I've read I know you're not a reader, but, uh, but yeah, I, th I think, you know, just keep in mind that you, your, your circle of, of influence is, will, will determine your life very much so. So if you are, and, and you have to be honest with yourself. So if you are noticing, fuck, I don't know, you're, you're out of shape, right? Well, look at the five people that you closely associate with. Like, are they out of shape? Well, there's probably... The reason for that, there's probably some some correlation that you can uh, you come up with there. You know, are these people business owners? Are they are they lazy? Are they playing video games all day? Uh, also, look at the positive. You know, are they uh, are they cool? Are they funny? Right? Like, do I want to be a funny person? Okay, well, I want to hang out with some people that are funny. You know, uh, are they athletic? Are they more athletic than me? You know, I probably want to be more athletic. So, just very consciously 
look at the five people that you most closely associate yourself with. Uh, realize they don't need to be alive. They don't need to actually meet them in person. And you will need to make some tough decisions. I mean, there might be people that you are really close with that you look at and you're like, this person is not a good influence on my life. Might be family members, might be uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Uh, so yeah, you have to be very, very conscious of the, the five people that you most closely associate with. That, that determines your life. My mom always told me, be careful who you hang out with. And, and right now, I think it's being put into fruition that, you know, it's like, just like you said, the, the whole average thing, you, you pick up certain traits, certain qualities from people. I know, like growing up, I was always influenced by my older cousin and um, a, a lot of the stuff that, that he might have done, or even just a lot of my friends in general from school, a lot of the stuff that they would have done is something that wasn't normally suited to my personality. So when I would come home and I would, you know, do those actions or I would, I would cuss in front of my mom or dad, they'd be like, who are you learning this from? So it, it really puts itself into, into fruition there that a lot of these things that, that you learn or that you influence or associate yourself with other people, it really rubs off on you. And to be able to have that healthy mindset that you were talking about, to be able to, to reach those standards uh, of yourself, it's something that's very, very important to, to stay true to yourself, to realize that and not be able to push push away or pull from you know those qualities yeah, yeah and i think uh your two, two points you made there was you know one about being true to yourself i think that also you never want to think uh you know this is who i am right mm-hmm. like you always want to be uh what was it malleable malleable yeah big boy word for, for this job out here uh yeah you, you always want to be flexible there we go you always want to be flexible so uh and, and again, be honest with yourself. So if you, you know, if you look at yourself and you're like, you know, I'll use fitness because everybody can kind of understand that one. If you're, uh, you know, really struggling to get in shape or whatever, and, and you don't like that, and you're like, I want to start getting in shape, right? Well, you know, that's really going to push you out of your comfort zone, and that's going to be changing your standard, and you will battle that. You internally will battle that, and it's going to be like, that's not who I am. I'm a fat lazy asshole right uh so so yeah i don't uh i i don't like being true to yourself i and i know a lot of people will probably disagree with that but i i I believe you need you need to kind of view it as is that version of is the real me you know if i'm i'm saying this is the true me is that actually beneficial to my life is that actually a positive thing is that actually who i want to be right and if it is then great that's awesome stay true to yourself and everything but don't just stay true to yourself to stay true to yourself Mm -hmm. like if you feel like you know you know dylan you're such a lazy asshole you need you know you're not you're not a good athlete or whatever or something like that but you don't want to be that person well then fuck being true to yourself right Mm -hmm. but uh you know, if, if, if it's something more to do with morals or whatever, like, okay, that, that's but just always remain flexible and, um, you know, malleable. 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 I, the, the, other, the other thing I want to mention, especially for younger people, is stay the fuck off of social media. Yeah. I think that is just so destructive. I see, and it's not just younger people, dude. I, I see. I mean, this isn't this is not self-serving because my business is in the social. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make a slick comment, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, um, that stuff can bring out very 
I have I don't know of anybody who has become a better version of themselves because of social media. Uh, it more more often than not magnifies your negative traits. I my brother as an example is one of the coolest fucking people I know. And now he is just so angry and, and grumpy at the world. And I mean, I love him. I'd do anything for him. I give him the shirt off my back. But he's so grumpy because he's on Facebook all the time. And all he is fed, you know, there was negative traits in his personality, and it magnified them. And he's just so angry and political. And uh, he goes to the world in a, in a very negative light now because of that. And, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, dude, you're on Facebook more than anybody else I know. You know, also, you know, we've probably seen in the news recently they had all the stuff with like Instagram impacting young oh. young children or girls or whatever, like shit like that. It's it's magnifying. You know, you take a young girl who's questioning her appearance or whatever, and as she gets on Instagram and all she sees is all these beautiful, perfect pictures. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna magnify that and make it worse. So stay the fuck off of social media. Uh, my sister is a perfect example. She just started like she's fourteen. She just got on Instagram a couple months ago, and I still am, like, weirded out by it because I'm, like, I've had Instagram for a couple – for quite a few years, I want to say, but I never expected, like, at least right now for my little sister to, to get on it. She's going into high school next year, so it's, like, whoa, fucking – I'm getting old. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it's it's definitely something, like, even I see it, you know. Yeah, I'm, I should be grateful as hell to, to have the, the Accord that I drive, but when I see someone, you know – doing the same exact thing maybe even taking a little bit like shittier pictures than i do and they're like oh yeah i love this you know this uh bmw or this ferrari that i drive it really puts a mark to my name saying you know sonny do better you know like it, it and it makes you it doesn't even motivate you at that point it makes you like get into this mindset that's like like you said like very yeah like like a very uh, condescending uh personality like to, to yourself it's like damn, I, sh I should really be doing better. I'm not enough, you know, this stuff. And especially to someone who's already battling like motivational problems, it puts it even a big defies your negative traits. Exactly. It, you have to, it comes back to being honest with yourself, dude. Like it, it absolutely, you always have to be honest with yourself. And, um, it's you know, like not, it's not just like social media. It's also like YouTube and, and hell, it's just like getting on the internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but at the same time, you can also like if you if you're getting on YouTube and you're watching motivational videos or, or learning stuff like that can be a positive. You have to be honest with yourself, like in constantly checking up on yourself and just, you know, I, I, I talked earlier about how like I'm always paying attention to the shit that's going up on here, because if I am you know, watching something and I'm like, oh, that makes me feel down or whatever. Like, oh, I don't want to go there. I got to stay away from that shit. Uh, but it could be, you know, if I'm watching some some Tim Ferriss or whatever, and it, you know, it's talking about making yourself a better person and like optimization and your lifestyle and stuff like that. Like I leave that and I'm like, man, I'm pumped. I can make all these changes. I can become even better. Uh, you know, I watched stuff, you know, revolving, um, you know, faith and Christianity and like that really motivates me to be a better person. And there's other stuff where I, you know, I start watching it and, you know, if I'm like, like, I don't do it scrolling through Instagram ever because when I've done it before, it was like, man, like I need to get my life together. I'm such a loser. Like this, look at all these people having these awesome adventures and stuff. Like that was obviously a negative thing. So I needed to be conscious of that and step away from that. I mean, obviously I still have an Instagram, but I don't scroll through it. I don't scroll through Facebook. 
Oh God, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is a shithole, <laughs> and that's where I make all my money, unfortunately. <laughs> but you know, I. It could be what sucks, dude. Is it could be such an awesome the 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 premise of Facebook, Instagram, all this stuff is really good, man. Being able to connect with people, but don't go on there, you know, unless you have incredible self control, which most people don't. I I am very honest with myself. If I were to get on, you know, Facebook just like my brother and just keep scrolling, it would change my personality, and I would become pissed and angry, and probably want to, you know, get violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you don't get on that stuff, and so it, that would be my advice to to a younger younger person is get the fuck off of social media. The best advice I've ever gotten in my lifetime. So like, because it's relatable to me, you know, all the people that I meet at parties or family friends and even my parents are like, you know, do well in school, do this, do that. And you know, that's a happy life. And for me, it's like, it's really tough to, to relate to it because everyone's taking a different path. My dad went through dentistry school, you know, the way that like, when I, when I told him I was withdrawing from my Calc 3 class, he went livid. Like he was like, you don't, like you haven't proven anything in college this and that i'm like my guy you haven't even taken calc 3 you know you have to take up the calc 2 and like th- those little things they start building up and it, it becomes a very like not relatable experience mm-hmm. but literally like what you told me something is as small as social media all the way to living in your own headspace it's something that anybody can relate to because everyone goes through it they reflect on themselves they give reality checks to themselves so very, very powerful words. Dylan, yeah, go, go ahead. One more thing. I think uh, the most, if I were to give if, like one more word of advice to a younger person mm-hmm. is, uh, it, because you, you mentioned the headspace, which made me, made me, made me think of this. Uh, we are all going through a battle that none of us know anything about. Mm-hmm. Every single person you walk past, they're going through some shit. You don't know what that is. It could be, they're fighting depression. It could be relationship issues. It could be financial issues. It could be health issues. You know, maybe they have a sick parent. Maybe they're sick. Anything like that, right? So, you know, just general advice to any young person is just be fucking kind. <laughs> like, be kind, uh, you know, to to everybody else and also to yourself. You know, don't, you know, every person you see on social media, they're going through shit. Their life isn't as perfect as you think it is. Uh, be thankful for for the life that you have, and just uh, you know, constantly uh, just be kind to everybody and realize that we're all going through battles. And you know, yeah, some people are just assholes, <laughs> but <laughs> generally speaking, everybody's pretty cool. Uh, and and just be be kind to everybody. That would be my philosophical end wow. to this. Thank you, Aristotle. Dylan, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, you know, hopping on the podcast. I know we didn't, you know, it's not really the realm of automobiles, but I never made the podcast as a realm of automobiles. I made it to actually talk about lifestyle cars as well as anything that I can benefit from. Because as much as this, as I want to get this out and, you know, who knows, even make money from it, it really, I, I listen back to these a week, a month, a year later, and I think about, this is something that I need to apply to my life. And I think once again, this is one of the big, like best experiences of my life, just podcast talking to you, getting to know you more. So thank you once again for, for 
getting on the podcast. Thank you for even renting this room. And, and I, I really just uh, have no words to, to express the gratitude. So for the viewers, thank you so much for tuning in and for the first time watching as well. Um, hopefully in the near future, we're able to, to add some more of these uh, video podcasts as well to the audio. And uh, with that, thank you so much for listening and take care.